When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Crazy week in rugby league. Where's Payne Haas going? Hello, Scott Sattler. Welcome to another edition of OTB NRL. I've actually thought it's been a real... Hello, Jace, Woogie and the listeners. I've actually thought it was a real quiet week this week. It's actually getting quieter as we get towards the finals for two reasons. One, the players haven't been talking. Uh, but two, when you get closer to the finals, clubs start bottling up a little bit. They don't mm. want to step outside their comfort zones. They play it down mm. as well. They don't want to talk about, you know. Possibly win- winning it. Yeah, that's right. Or yeah. making the top four or two or whatever. Massive but- show tonight. Yeah, well, today, today I, well, say. I was going to say, we've got three interviews for you uh, from the week uh, we've had on uh, Sports Day. Ivan Cleary spoke to you and I Wednesday night, the head coach of uh, the Panthers. Yep. Um, South legend, David Boyle. Tough man. Spoke to man. you and Rat. Mm. Um, oh, I'm interested to see, hear what he's doing nowadays. Uh, you tell him he's still pretty healthy and Really fit. fit. Yep. Uh, he's in the strength and conditioning s- space. What, what about him and Les Davison just belting the crap out of other forwards? What Ford pack? There was <laughs> Davidson, Boyle, Fennick, Ian Roberts, yep. Wayne Chisholm, who was a great player. Yeah, he was. He wasn't, he wasn't a tough – he, he was a tough man, but he wasn't looking for fights, no. Wayne Chisholm. No. He was the classy one. Well, he did get 10 weeks for tackling a referee in a game one day. And deserve it so. <laughs> there should be more of that. I'm he should have been joking. knighted. What are you talking about? <laughs> Imagine if he had beheaded a touch judge. He should have been put in a Hall of Fame. That's right. Uh, Rugby Australia CEO Phil Wall has a chat with uh, you and Rat as well. Uh, Rat still thinks the Wallabies are going great guns. Uh, so we'll see what him and Phil have to say about We do that. look at the scoreline from the Bledisloe and we go, you know what, we nearly got them, but we've got to remember. We're playing against plumbers and bottle shop assistants. Well, the All Blacks had 12 replacements and then they made 10 replacements and scored 20 unanswered points. How about the bench? The mm. bench, Australia taking 33 players to the Rugby World Cup. Mm. Now, that's two and a bit teams. Mm. That's that's ridiculous, <laughs> don't you think? Uh, yeah. You're going to need a lot of depth, but not that much. I Rugby mean, league clubs don't use that many players in a full season. That's right. <laughs> not even on rotation. Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland as well. Now it's time for our running hot segment, except nothing less than Australia's best rim. Um, oh, Payne Haas. It, you know, it's, it is concerning for the Broncos. I don't know what conversations they're having behind closed doors, but in saying that, it is a concern that he's going to wait until November 1. And as our, our colleague, Matty Rogers, said during the week, you know, get the Rugby World Cup out of the way. His management just want to sit down with rugby and see what they are possibly willing to offer him and, and whether his decision is money-motivated or staying at the Broncos and assisting them in winning a comp in the next two, three, four years. Mm. If they don't win it this year, of course. Yeah, of course. Except nothing less than Australia's best and install a rim. Australia's favourite hot water during the week. We caught up with Ivan Cleary ahead of the clash against Manly. Cleary. Cleary goes through. He's into open space. He 
Ivan Cleary scores for Manly. Right on half Yeah, bugger it. His, his kid gets all the attention, but we wound back the clock there to... Uh, play you one of the great tries from the great man himself, Ivan Cleary, joining us now on Sports Day. Welcome to the show, Ivan. Geez, you've done well to dig up a try. I didn't get many. <laughs> now, what a good call from Rabs as well. Geez, yeah, a good call. Hey, actually, for Manly as well. Were you with? Were you were playing for Manly or North that day? I think it was for Manly, right on half time. I think that try. Can you yeah. remember it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started. That's where I started, Manly. I'm actually a Manly, Manly junior. I think it might have been my second or third game, so I definitely remember that one against the Broncos, so that was always a pretty big deal. You got Manly this week. Do you look? Do you love going back to the Inciola Peninsula? <laughs> yeah, all my family, all my wife's family too, they all still live there, so they're all getting a box, so <laughs> uh, that'll be good. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be the drunkest people at the ground, so um, hopefully we can... Spoil the manly party because they'll all be going for the Panthers. It's always good to go back there, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the great suburban grounds, isn't it? Now, as you head into the finals, Ivan, and it, there's no doubt you obviously you're gonna you're gonna be in the top four, top two, whatever that may be, however it rolls out. But how do you, as a coaching team, and and your and your strength and conditioning and performance uh, staff, how do you start to to um, set a program leading into the finals? Do you start now, or do you leave it a, a, a few more weeks? Yeah, probably in the uh, a few years back um, when I sort of first started coaching, I was fortunate enough to be um, started with Ricky Stewart at the Roosters, and it's a very strong team at that point. Made the finals pretty much, you know, each year and grand finals, and so I was sort of um, I was able to see some, learn some things there. It's sort of changed a little bit now the way we train, and you don't necessarily have to, you know, back in those days you'd, you'd probably give them a little bit of um, a bit of a hit with some fitness, sort of six eight weeks out from the from the semis. I mean, some teams might still do that because they've got semi-origin players. They sort of don't have the that, it's almost like you've got to freshen them up more than anything. So um, nothing's going to change too much. Uh, so it's, um, it's my job as a head coach to have one eye on the on the future. And it's everyone else's job pretty much just to you know keep things in the present. Um, we'll just sort of yeah we'll take it the next few weeks. And I got a bit of a, a bit of an idea and some contingencies around what may or may not happen. But um, you know things can change so quickly in in one week in our game um, that uh, I'm not too fussed. Uh, just yet. Now, I've, I've spoken to Shane Elford, your head of performance, a number of times about the playing group, and he, you know, without giving too much away, he always just says to me, you know, we never really have to worry too much about self motivation with this group because they're they're very self motivated, and even with two premierships under your belt and three grand final appearances, do you still see that that hunger and that motivation with this group? Yeah, absolutely. Um, spot spot on there. Like uh, just it's sort of never. They just amaze me. These guys just—they're um, just so consistent with uh, with their performances, which uh, usually starts from yeah motivation and hunger. And um, yeah, I think that you know what they just like—they like—they uh, like training, they like playing, they like playing together, and they like winning. Um, and that just has been uh, just a regular weekly event. Um, you know, seems like I don't know, it's like four years. So. Yeah, we're just riding the wave. Don't really, you're right, they don't have to work too hard on motivation. Obviously, you know, full of strings here and there on a few different things. And we haven't spoken a lot about um, the outcome this year, but I think everyone knows what we want. Mm. I think we're good enough to do it. But, uh, yeah, we'll sort of get into that a little bit more probably over the next sort of three, four weeks. Now, the game tomorrow night, I've obviously just been announced to Jerome and, and also Mitch Kenny 
uh, injured and, and also illness. Now, Luke Summerton has been brought into the into the squad. You've been able to get an exemption from the NRL. Tell us a little bit about Luke Summerton. Yeah, so Summer is a, he's a Penrith boy. So he came through the junior grades uh, in with Stephen Crichton, Spencer Lenu, that kind of that, uh, that group. Um, those guys are the ones that have sort of kicked on early and, you know, already had yeah, very good careers already. Some of those sort of had to go the long way a little bit. Um, yeah, left the club, uh, went to another club at one point. Sort of didn't really work out. Then he was just he was just playing some Ron Massey for St Mary's, our our kind of local feeder team in Penrith. And last year, and got a call up, played maybe half a dozen New South Wales Cup games. Um, and every time he, he's just one of those guys. Every time he came in, um, he just he just comes to the game. He's um, He's a tough kid. He, uh, his, his fundamentals are, are pretty good. Like he's learning all the time, but he's, he competes really hard. And he's played, uh, I think, every game in our cup uh, team this year. And you know, he's got his opportunity. It sort of came from nowhere. Um, I didn't think he woke up this morning and think he was going to be playing NRL tomorrow night. But that's what he's doing. And I'm confident that he'll, uh, yeah, he'll give you a good account of himself. Nice. Ivan, uh, one of your former assistants, Andrew Webster's having incredible success this year with the Warriors. Has that surprised you? No, not at all. But he was, uh, he well and truly flew under the radar the last couple of years, the uh, last few years probably. I, I first um, came in contact with Webby back at the West Tigers in 2017. Um, so, yeah, we had a, a couple of years together there and I was lucky enough to get him out to Penrith. Um, where he did an yeah, outstanding job. Um, two years for two premierships is pretty good. Pretty good going. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think he's he's gone to the Warriors at uh, at a good time. Um, obviously, three years away. Uh, it's just those guys are just so amped to go back home, and the support they've had is just incredible. Um, I think they've had some really good recruits um, into the team this year, which has made them better and. Um, but he's just, I thought he was just primed to, to kick off his um, you know, head coaching career. And, yeah, for sure, uh, doing a great job. I mean, it's, it's got a close place to your heart over there, hasn't it? Because you, you mm. played and coached there. Was, were any of the kids born there, like Nathan and Indy, were any of those born in, in New Zealand or not? Uh, yeah, I've got four. So my two younger ones were. Yep. Um, we spent 10 years, 10 years there. So I said three as a player and seven as a coach. So... It's absolutely, um, yeah, a huge part of our life, um, and obviously the kids' life. Uh, that's where Nathan started playing footy over there, and um, still had heaps of friends. And I know, yeah, I, I've played for a few clubs, been around a bit, but the Warriors definitely have a soft spot in, in our whole family's heart. So, really happy for them. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I'm not actually looking forward to playing against them possibly. <laughs> but anyway, you never know. I remember talking to Kevin Campy and Brent Tate and Stephen Price. They all said as part of their careers, spending their time at the Warriors was one of the most enjoyable. So you can see why, because there are such giving people over there. Now, when you talk about the Cleary family, I mean, it would have been a little bit like the Sattler family, I think. When we sat down to have dinner, Ive, we spoke nothing but rugby league. Does that happen at the Cleary family dinner table as well? Um, not really. Uh, I've got two boys and two girls, so the girls aren't necessarily. They're, that's a, they're very supportive, but um, I think the wife's uh, my poor wife actually's uh, seen more football games uh, probably 
million more than she would have cared for. But anyway, she's a great supporter and loves it. Um, if, if that night and my other son, Jet, if we went out together, uh, yeah, it'd be hard not to talk footy, but we try and keep it to a minimum when the girls are around. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Jet's playing the junior reps there as well, isn't he? Now, um, what's, a, what's, a relax, what's the most relaxing day for Ivan Cleary? I know it's such a stressful job. It's a seven-day, 24-hour-a-week job. What's the most relaxed day for Ivan Cleary? Oh, what my all-time relaxing day would be uh, uh, to go for surf in the morning, probably have coffee with my wife and breakfast, uh, play around the golf with my mates or my brothers, and then um, have a few beers somewhere in, in the evening. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, can I come? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, now, I've... Um, Got such a great production line of players that have come through Penrith for a number of years. A um, couple of lean years there before you got there, of course, where they had to really rebuild that, that junior development program, that Pathways program. But is there a player that we don't know much about as a, as a fan that we may see in years to come? I'm sure there is. Um, but uh, I don't really like to yeah. put anyone under too much pressure. There's, um, yeah, we've got to... A few good ones. I'm not going to mention them, but there's, look, that's that's how, as you know, that's how our club operates. It's how we function. It's um, you know, it's one of the reasons we can still um, deliver, you know, consistent performance even though we lose, you know, such a lot of talent each each and every season. It seems we we lose at least two really good players mm. uh, each year. We lose coaching staff, and so that's one of the reasons how we how we sort of keep going. So we've got a lot of. Um, time into it, a lot of great coaches in our pathway system, we spend a lot of money um, so it's something that we you know, we really value and um, that's a, I get a real kick out of it, like you mentioned Luke Summit and like um, you know, just giving one of our local kids a debut uh, I've been doing it for a while now and honestly the feeling um, doesn't change it's just so good. Yeah, awesome Now, before we let you go, some quick fire questions I have about whether it's the coaching staff or some of your players, even some of the players you may have played against or coached. So if there was one player that you could mute for 24 hours, just turn them <laughs> off, you can't hear their voice at all, who would it be? James Maloney. <laughs> we only talking about him early today, yeah, we weren't we? Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Memory of a goldfish. What about... <laughs> yeah, what about that's just... Uh, mate, nah. you, have to, you have to have a great memory to just know how torturous uh, Jimmy was. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Liam Martin. But anyway, um, what about uh, if you had to have a teammate or a player that you've coached that had to tell a joke to save your life and they had to make everyone laugh, who would it be? Oh, Brian Fletcher. <laughs> he's, the most, he's the most popular, isn't he? What about what about if you had he's, a player? He's still getting paid. He's getting paid now for all the same jokes he was telling 20 years ago. <laughs> exactly. We listen to him every exactly. day. And he knows that as well. Now, what about what about if there's someone to run the final leg of a relay? Any player that you've coached or played with, the quickest player to run the final leg of the relay for you? Uh, you know what? I'm going back a fair way now, but I was a Balmain fan as a kid, so I'd have to say Larry Coral. Oh, the flash. How good that shows how old I am as well. Yeah, true, true. Now, uh, yeah, he was a gun. Oh, I don't really know. I mean, there's so many good players, but he was, uh, he was just, he just seemed every time we got the ball in space, it was all over. Did you end up, when you were at the Roosters, Ive, did you play with Shane Werrett? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah the yeah. ferret. 
He was uh, quick. <laughs> Where he was definitely there. fast. I mean, I just look at guys like, yeah, I mean, obviously the Fox and um, Saab and those kind of guys. They're, they're, they're unbelievably quick. Okay, last two. Best tourist. So if you're going to go on an end-of-season trip, who's the best tourist to go with? Uh, I think Freddie, because he had more money than anyone. And he's always <laughs> up for a good time. So. Yeah, ARL paid him well. Last one. Best answer. Who'd be the best dancer at the Panthers? Oh, probably on top without a doubt. Yeah. We see it quite a bit, don't yeah, we? Yeah, with, yeah, with the big boom box yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right, I have a big game tomorrow night. It's so good that no one wants to put um, down here and say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, just another quick one before you go. And, and we quite often ask this question of players. Outside of Penrith, and you, you know, we know you love your rugby league, which player, outside of Penrith, which player do you admire the most? Do you, you love watching play footy? Oh, gee. Um, I think probably the guy we're playing against tomorrow night, Jake Javorovic. I think, um, you know, like if you just want to see a guy who puts his absolute heart and soul into every single minute of every single game, um, and not just that, he can play, Jake, too. Mm. He's an amazing Defender, got got good ball skills, doesn't make mistakes, great leader. I just think, how can you not, yeah, how can you not enjoy watching Jake play? Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, well said, oh. Ivan. And New South Wales is a much better team when Jake Travojevic yeah, true, is actually playing. Ivan, we appreciate your time. Good luck, great game at Brookie. Thanks for your time. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. It's time for Sports Days. Where are they now? Nineteen eighty seven, game three, state of origin, and that man there, David Ball, I've got to say, as a as a fan of the South Sydney Rabbitohs growing up, I just admired this guy along with a lot of his teammates oh. through that eighties and nineties rat. He played all of his hundred and sixty nine games for the mighty Cardinal and Myrtle, the Rabbitohs, four state of origins in New South Wales, and he was part of one of the most feared Ford packs to ever the play the game. Mm. That man is David Boyle, as you heard. How are you, Boyley? Yeah, doing really well, guys. How's life? So, what's happening in the in the world of David Ball now? I hear you're a grandfather. Is that is that correct? I'm a grandfather. Yeah, on Tuesdays so we get to play with the grandkids, and uh, it's very enlightening. There's, there's something about being a grandfather, isn't it? I, I know that um, it's just a, it's a different. It's a, it's the love is there, but it's it's just it's so different when you've got grandkids. It's, you've created this. Posse, yeah, this posse of of a family, and I've I've got grandkids myself, Boyle, and there's just an amazing feeling came over me when I first met my grandkids. Did you have the same feeling? Oh, absolutely, and it's probably payback for you know not getting enough time to our own kids. Yeah, but when you're a grandparent, you just drop everything and just yeah, just do what they ever want you to do. Now, Boyle, let's go let's go way back before you get graded with the, with the bunnies. Junior club, where'd you grow up? Marilla Gorillas, yep. Calamaris and Marilla Gorillas down in Group 7. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so, mate, any, any of the players from that you played with as a, as a youngster, did any of them go on and get graded, play top grade? Um, no, no. No, I was a lone ranger, I guess. Yeah. There's a couple from Derringong I played against. Uh, 
Ford and Quinny. Yep. So they were in the same Group 7 team. They played for, yeah, for Gerringong, but, yeah, not not many around the early gorillas. Mate, so I want to ask you about Redfern Oval. I, I was a ball boy at Redfern Oval in the 1980s, and I was terrified to be a ball boy. It must have been a huge advantage uh, for you. Uh, did, did, did you. Did you feel that it was a huge advantage for you guys as a team playing at Redfern? Yeah, it was pretty special, especially when, you, you know, the team we played with. So Craig Bellamy talks about, you know, train hard and get lucky or work hard and get lucky. Well, I got lucky. I was a good worker and, um, and played with a great bunch of guys that we're still really close mates with now. That's yeah. good. Now, if I said the word Henry to you, Boyley, what does that mean to the listeners? Yeah, grab a head and hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so... So who, is it true that Dean Rampling, part of the, the Mad Rampling brothers, he came up with the Henry call? He did. He did. And our, our great mentor and mate, Lionel Potter, was the one we called it after. And so mm. what happened? So in, in what cool. situation, when you were playing as a, as a team, in, what situation would mean that you would have to call Henry? I guess the biggest example was the semi-final against Manly. We were down 14 nil, and we had to do something to upset them. So next scrum, I'm calling Henry. So that was it. Just grab a head, and, and it terrified him. Right. <laughs> so, mate, with the forward pack you had, I mean, yourself, Fennick, uh, Les Davidson, Ellison, Michael Andrews, Rampling, Chisholm, Ian Roberts. Like, I, I would like to know, before, before a game, the forwards get together, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, it was, it was pretty jovial in the dressing shed, and, and everybody knew what we had to do. Um, and you, you couldn't afford to let your mates down. We didn't have to worry about the coach bagging you know, if you didn't have a good game. That, they'd let you know. Mm. Yeah, right. A young Ian Roberts. Um, and, and that's, you know, yeah, yeah. He was, he was just lean and mean, and he used to hit the punching bag like there was no tomorrow. Just a just a great guy. I, I had I had the pleasure of, of playing uh, four or five years with Liz Davidson at Cronulla, and I've I've never met uh, a more chalk and cheese person to on the field and off the field. When I got to play with him, he was a little bit more, a little older, a little more mature. I don't know when he was playing with you, uh, Boyley, whether he was he was drinking shandies back then, but he only drank shandies. Um, <laughs> But you get him on a football field, the nicest human being on the planet, get him on a football field and he just wants to kill people. He, he, I said, he said to me one day, I, I said to him, what, what, what are you thinking when you're trying to hit them the way you hit them? He goes, I'm just trying to put my head through their chest. And it terrified me and he, and he damaged a lot of us in the process of it. But was he, was he like that as a youngster? Was he, was he the nice guy off the field or, or did, he, did he mature and settle down a little bit? Was he wild when he was younger off the field as well? No, he used to hang around the ramplings and they used to go through the... Um, Centennial Park, you know, through the bushes there and have some fun there. <laughs> Can't talk too much about it, but yeah. Mm. He used to grab a stick and that was me, Bundy. Yeah, um, yeah he's Bundy. And then he, he, he was, yeah, yeah. And he, he was, t- two, two short stories. One was we were playing Cronulla and then we were getting smashed and it was, we were down by 30 points. Two minutes ago, Bundy said, Come on, Hook, let's take someone with us. <laughs> <laughs> so he, 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 he never gave up Yeah. and then uh, I left South in 94 and went to the Dragons and started strength and conditioning and then we had two players in Jason Stevens and uh, Gordon Tallis mm. 
and they were absolutely terrified of Les Davison. Mm. The year before I got there, he towed them up in a in a stouch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Scary so, him. So on that's the field. how much respect he had. Yeah, yeah. Now, nineteen eighty nine, Boyley, minor premiers, knocked out in straight sets. Was was that the year, the the one that got away? Yeah, it, it was. It was, Scotty. You know, we, we were going all well. We were pretty busted too. Yep. You know, like everybody had had a big year and um, and it, it just didn't go our way. And then we got some injuries and, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely the one that got away. Now, you look at the you look at the um, some of the footage of, of the man I'm about to mention next, Boyley, Phil Blake. When it comes to being gifted athletes, and you walk, you work in the, the strength and conditioning industry, was he one of the most gifted athletes overall that you'd seen through your career? Absolutely. He was before his time. He was professional. He used to do a lot of his speed work and all that in the mornings before he come to training. Um, you know, because he was that, that's the way he was. He wanted to practice on his own skills. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, on the field. And he's very professional. If the forwards weren't going forward, he'd clock off and wait till next week. He wasn't going to make. And he realised he wasn't going to win a game if if we weren't going forward. Mm. Smart, yeah, <laughs> smart. Yeah. I did a bit of that myself in my in my time, Boyley. I must say, mate. I want to ask you about Jimmy Sidaris. He was seventeen in '89. He forced his way into the side and put made Mario move to the front row. How, how does when you've got a young kid like that come in into an, such an established? you know, strong forward pack. How did that sit with the players? I mean, did, did he have the respect of the players as soon as he got there or did he have to earn his stripes? No, absolutely. No one got in the first grade if they didn't deserve it. And then, you know, it was team first culture. And when they made the decision to put him in there, like everybody was was happy with it because he wasn't going to let the team down. Yeah, mate, mate, I wanted to ask you about Georgie Piggins. He was inducted into the Rugby League Hall of Fame a couple of weeks ago. He was your coach at the Rabbits. Was it long overdue, do you think? I mean, he's done so much for the Bunnies off the field, um, on the field. I mean, he, I mean, without George Piggins, South probably aren't in the competition and they don't win the premiership that they won recently. Yeah, he, he, uh, he epitomises um, legend. Like, he's, you know, he's, the way he worked, He's, when he took over the coaching job, he said, listen, any money I'm getting, I've got to give it to the assistant coaches. I don't want any money. And then um, he got Gus Bull there in 86, which was a master stroke because, you know, he was really the coach. George just turned, uh, called what time training was going to be. Mm. And then even after it, he just tried to keep the Leeds club going and going. And he, he led the fight to, to keep us in the comp. And then mortgage his house to to fight um, uh, Murdoch, yeah. and to get us to keep the the uh, the club going. So, and it's not only just about um, you know South Sydney; it's about rugby league. So, yeah, he's just amazing. He was supported very well with his wife as well, Marlene. Mm. Yeah, well, well, you know, um, when... and, and it was glad. He, he doesn't remember too much the conditions he, he's in, but certainly the recognition was was really well deserved. Yeah, certainly well deserved. And when you mention, you know, what he did, mm. it, it, you would you'd have to say definitely long overdue. Yeah, we didn't see a lot of the stuff that he did. No, like Boyley just mentioned. No, the, the links that he went to. No, now Boyley, I've got to ask you. This is something that I remember as a young kid. My old man got this. Um, it might have been a, a, a cassette tape a or a record yeah. back in the day. Now it was a, it was a, a comedian by the name of 
Billy Birmingham brought out the 12th man and wide world of sports. And, and I remember vividly just this one line, and, and it was referring to you. It was, it was big Daryl Eastlake in the, uh, in the commentary box. And he was going, and Boyle, Boyle, Boyle tries to squeeze the pus out <laughs> in, in reference. And, and it was a state of origin match, and he was referencing you. And, uh, mate, did, the, did, the, did your teammates give you a hard time when that came out? Because it was bloody funny, I've got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just another a laugh. There was a lot of, lot of jokes around the, with the ramblings and all that. There was no, there was no ambiguity. It was, you know, things in the shower. Um, the guys that were circumcised in the left, the guys that weren't in the right. <laughs> oh, oh crazy times! Where your wrist rotches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, crazy! It was, it was. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't talk about it now. The joys yeah. of a rugby league dressing room. There was, eh? there was nothing. Nothing hidden. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Before we let you go, Boyle, Before we let you go, as we said, you've you've always looked after yourself from a fitness point of view. I didn't see a. That long ago, actually, at a, at a South game, you're, you're still staying fit and, and looking after yourself. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I rode surf boats and I went to George Bass Marathon and yeah, I still keep. If I if I stop moving, I'll the arthritis will set in and I, I won't be able to move. Mm. You it or lose it, they yeah. say. Don't the let secret, it, I think. Don't yeah, let it beat you, Boyley. Don't let it beat you. Hey, yeah. Boyley, it was great watching you as a player. Also, it's really good to see when I go to some of the NRL games and see that you're still involved in the game. And um, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate, and a trip down memory lane, what was a, a great time for South Sydney in the 80s. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's good to share some memories. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Sending from touch. Norga sends it on its way. And the locals tell you how it landed. And New Zealand... Do it again. Yes, an unfortunate finish, but I've got to say a very promising finish for the Wallabies on the eve of the Rugby World Cup. And this man, well, he doesn't need any introduction, but we will anyway. 136 Super Rugby games for New South Wales Waratahs, 79 tests for the Wallabies. 2003, a very important year for Australia Mm. with the the World Cup getting through the final. John Eels medalist is the best rugby player in the country and only a couple of years into the new seat, newly appointed Rugby Australia CEO, and used to sit next to Matty Rogers for over six or seven years on the same bus each and every tour. Phil Ward joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Phil? I'm very well. You, you often get asked, what's, what's the highlight of your career? And I reckon sitting next to Matt Rogers for six years was definitely right up there. Now, Phil, can you just tell me, because I sit oh, next to him every mate. day, and my ears bleed by the end of the week, so it would be the same on tour, I would think. <laughs> Well, that's how I got my cauliflower ears. It wasn't from rock. <laughs> mate, you're red hot, you are, Sats. Well, I've got good stories. <laughs> and, Warry, don't don't get on either side, mate. Hey, Warry, I, I wanted to ask you, mate, you, you, you've been working in the banking sector since retirement, um, doing phenomenally there. You've taken on probably the biggest role of your career as CEO of Rugby Australia. Why now? Um, I mean, I feel like you were bred for a life in rugby. You, you, you put your heart and soul into it. Why now? The, the jump into the, the position of CEO of Rugby Australia? Yeah, I mean, I sort of, uh, yeah, the people ask. It's, uh, it's a good question. I think um, I sort of got beaten up when I was playing. I thought, I missed it so much, I'm going to go back into sports administration. But uh, <laughs> I do joke that at least, when I was, at least when I was playing, I knew the kicks were coming from the opposition. But um, now, look, I think, uh, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, timing's good. I think, um, you know, we've got the Lions uh, coming in 25 and then uh, Haywell Cups in 27 and 29. 
Um, and, and I think I've got, I've got a lot to add. So, um, you know, it's an exciting time for rugby. We've got a lot of uh, things to do um, in the short term, but also seeing the game up uh, going forward. So, uh, exciting time. And, uh, you know, I'm thrilled. It's a, you know, a bit like putting the, the Wallaby jersey on. It's a, a huge honour and privilege. But most importantly, it's a responsibility to perform. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's how I feel about the role. Yeah. Now, mate, there was a time when the Wallabies, they were Australia's winter team. The nation got behind them. You couldn't get a ticket to a game. They'd sell out in minutes. Mate, how do we get back to that? How do we get rugby back in, in the forefront of, you know, the Australian sporting psyche? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, winning's important, um, you know, and, and personalities are important. And, uh, and I think that uh, we need to relate with the Australian public. And you know, we've probably gone away from that a little bit, uh, you, know, you know, Eddie well. And Eddie, Eddie's back uh, in charge. And, you know, a lot of it's around actually playing with that Australian spirit, playing with pride, playing with passion and, uh, you know, start to get those wins. And, uh, and then we've got personalities amongst the team and everyone wants to be a part of it. So, uh, you know, a lot of rebuilding to do, but a really good opportunity. With Eddie, you mentioned him, Phil. Why was he the right man to, to bring him back into the Wallabies fold? Well, I mean, he's he's a proven performer. He's a proven performer at World Cups. So, you know, you just go back to sort of 2003, and then uh, he was with South Africa in 2007 when they won it. Um, you know, 2011 he was with Japan. 2015 he was with Japan when uh, Japan beat South Africa. Mm-hmm. 2019 took England to the final. I mean, there's a lot to, uh, a massive track record for him at World Cups, and you know, he he, he drives a performance edge. So uh, you know, we're, we're excited. I think if you look at the interest that's come on the back of his appointment it's been phenomenal so uh, it's just a matter of now just riding that wave and you know turning those close close losses into wins and as we know um, you know winning's a habit uh, as is losing so uh, we're probably on the on the side of losing at the moment and uh, you know when when the tide turns then we get uh, hopefully into that habit of winning oh, i love him when he's in the media how staunch he is oh, I, I just love too. his win at all cost attitude now the bledisloe one was disappointing phil of course but the second one promising did, did that performance convince you that at least leading into a World Cup, of course, you've got a, another friendly before the World Cup, that, you, that the, the team is heading in the right direction? Yeah, I think so. I think I mean, progress out of uh, you know, the, the movement from uh, Bledisloe 1, and you know, we, we, we actually put a lot of pressure on the All Blacks in that uh, first half of the, uh, the, the first Bledisloe. We just didn't take away a lot of points. Second Bledisloe obviously started well, got to, to 17 points. Uh, as you know, you've got to keep trying to score points rather than to defend the lead, and I think the guys just went in that mentality of, you know, had, had, you know, closing up shop and just trying to hang on rather than trying to score points next. So, you know, I think there's a, a good uh, a good culture starting to come through the team. And, and you know, I think they'll, they'll take a lot of confidence going out of that game in Dunedin. Um, you know, then, then the next test, uh, and it's the last one before the World Cup, is against France, the start of France. So in terms of preparation, uh, a game against South Africa and Pretoria, Argentina at home, and then two against the All Blacks, and then to finish off uh, the French in France. It's a, it's a massive preparation, but they'll be ready. And, uh, and then it's just a matter of you know, performing on the big stage. Yeah, mate. Well, I want to talk to you about, you know, you, you talk about winning. Uh, it's obviously your number one promotional tool. You know, people love a winner. They want to get behind the team. The women's, your women's sevens team, they've been flying the flag for the Aussies over the last few years. They've been doing fantastic. You've got Suwali'i coming over um, from Rugby League uh, in 2025. Um, is there a plan to, to, to raid rugby league further for those players that, that have a history in rugby union? It seems a logical short-term gain, but I mean, I'm sure you've got plans to develop talent, but you look at these players that leave rugby union at the schoolboy level, well, they are rugby union developed. They've just gone to rugby league. Is there, is there a plan to try to steal all those players back? Well, I think I think it's uh, it's about actually how do we how do we win them at sixteen and seventeen rather than having to uh, pay overs for them uh, to get them back. So I think mm. a lot around pathways and 
and how do we how do we show uh, you know young boys and girls um, you know what what rugby can offer? And uh, I know as much as you like Shark Park, I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd prefer to be playing at Stade de, Stade de France than Shark Park. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so I think it's actually how do we uh, how do we demonstrate and uh, and give these young boys and girls the experience of of travelling the world, which is a, a real differentiator for our game compared to our competitors. Yeah, mate, I, I agree. Um, mate, Stade de France was a very special place to play, but mate, Shark Park does hold a very special place <laughs> in my heart, Warri. Uh, mate, you just, like, you just like the you just like the night after. Yeah, yeah all these, mate. Yeah, yeah, you got exactly. it, mate. World Cup around the corner. Far. Mate, World Cup around the corner. Uh, from a Rugby Australia perspective, what's a successful campaign look like? What do, do we have to win it to for it to be a success? Uh, what 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 is? Oh, I think we. What are the yeah, metrics? I think we need to get. I think we need, if if we get we you know, get through the pool to the quarters, we either play uh, Argentina or England in the quarters. We, we need to win the quarters and get through to the semis. And once you get to the semis, as you know, anything can happen. So I'd say that um, you know getting through to the semis is a uh, is a pass mark and. Um, anything short of that would be disappointing. Phil, do you see Payne Haas as a potential number eight wearing oh, a Wallabies jersey one day? <laughs> oh, boy! Ball carrier. If you sort of if you looked at if you looked at where we're sort of missing at the moment, uh, you know it is it is big ball carriers, but uh, you know a, a lot's got to do with um, you know with, with appetite, hunger, and uh, and passion for the game. So uh, look, I think I, I think the game uh, that we have offers a lot, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's certainly very different to the game of rugby league and. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know if there's interest there, we're always open for a conversation. Well, Warry, just think about this: Valentini, Leota, Haas, just ball carrying machines. Him on the edge, just terrorising the opposition. The amount of rugby league fans <laughs> switching over to watch rugby union. The sponsorship dollars flying. Do you in. mind not trying to convince <laughs> well, him? I'm just, okay. you know, I'm just speaking. I'm just talking. You know, I, I, you know, I love both sets. You know, I love both. But it must be. It must be. Um, I, I mean, for me, I, I see uh, Warry. You know, this Payne Haas saying, I'm, I'm not signing anything at the moment. I'm, I'm sitting back. I mean, surely, I, I don't see him going to another rugby league club. I see the danger being rugby union. And, you know, he's being mentored by Sonny Bill Williams. It must give you a sort of like a little bit of thought, well, maybe he does want to have a chat with us. Well, I think if you look at the runway we have ahead of us, um, you know, the, the Lions in 25, as you know, one of the biggest events in, uh, in world sport. And a home world cup, it'd be pretty attractive if I was a young athlete. Mm, mm. Absolutely. Mate, good luck to the Wallabies. They've got France in, uh, in, on the 28th of this month uh, in their next warm-up match uh, prior to the World Cup. But we're looking forward to a big World Cup from, from the Australian Wallabies. Uh, thank, thanks, guys, and uh, appreciate the support. And uh, yep. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Certainly is. This man um, has got his finger on the pulse of everything happening uh, in racing in Queensland. He had a couple of really good wins last week. Did he? I see. I forgot to. I forgot yeah. to have a bet. Oh, he told us about him. Don't worry about it on Monday. Imagine what you could be buying did instead. I? Yeah, yeah. Did you? Did that? Was there one around twenty to something? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, well done, Neil. So you deserve. You're a good bloke. Uh, Oh, thanks. Thanks, Jace. Thanks, Sats. Thanks for bringing that up too, Sats. I can't remember what they were, but mm. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what's happening this weekend in racing in Queensland? Well, uh, big meeting at Townsville on Saturday. It's the Townsville Cup. Oh, so all stop the fight. Two. What? Townsville Cup. Park, Townsville. How good would that yep. be? Have you been to yep. one? It'll be a big crowd. Well, I've just added something to my... See, I've got two bucket lists. I've got an Australian bucket list yeah. and a world bucket list. Mm. Yeah. 
So see, I've got a Townsville I'll, Cup is going to be on my bucket list after really? talking to Nelson this okay. week. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I got a bucket list. A lot of things I want to do, but I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to go to a lot of sporting events around the world. Yes, who wouldn't? Big crowd at Townsville Cup. Yeah, it will be massive crowd. Imagine yeah. the Mad Cow. Oh, yes. stop it! Stop teasing me. <laughs> Sorry, we've only got I'll to give the you town. A tip in the cup too. Okay, yeah. well, what is that tip? Uh, the tip is race nine, the cup number two, Savvy Legend, who won the. Mackay Cup a few weeks ago, I think, can go on and now win the uh, the Townsville Cup. So there you go. All right, where else are they racing? Uh, they're racing at Eagle Farm. That is our main meeting. We race at Bow Desert. Uh, we also race at uh, Toowoomba, of course, in the evening, Saturday evening. And then we race at uh, the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. A couple of country meetings with highlights. The Gladstone Cup, the Longreach Newmarket, the Prairie Cup, which I think we did speak about on Monday, Sats, is mm-hmm. a once-a-year meeting at Prairie. Is there and a little the house? Cup. There is. It, I knew that was coming, Jason. I think I did that joke last down. year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think you did too. Wow. And you'll do it again next year. I'm just after a two better. You know, a little house on the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, the show's uh, jumped the show. A uh, couple of tips for Eagle Farm. Race five, number one, fast talking. And you'll like this one in the last, guys. Race nine, number 18, Esky. Esky. Yes, nice. Wow. Esky, nice. uh, Dam's name is Chilled Out. So well-named is Esky. There you go. Rightio. Beautiful, mate. Prairie. So I'm just looking at the map now. Yep. So it's smack bang in the middle of Queensland. Well, there you go. Just a little bit north of the middle of Queensland. Okay. Wow. There you go. Mm. You know, it's embarrassing that I know there was a show called Little House in the Prairie. You know, any of our listeners under 50 probably wouldn't even know that right now. Is no. there a cat meowing in the prairie? Yes. <laughs> You're like Dr. Evil. She's like three rooms away, but she just doesn't let up. Unbelievable. So the 2016 <laughs> census says that the, that Prairie had a population of 143 people. Wow. And it's got a pub right on the corner. Right, yeah, that's yeah. going to be it. That's where that's we great. go. Let's add yeah. that one to the bucket list. I'm loving it. Right, OB at Prairie next year. That's right. Outside broadcast for those who aren't in the biz. That's <laughs> what an OB stands for. Listen, mate, we'll let you go and look after your pussycat. Uh, we've got to yeah. run. Uh, check out racingqueensland.com.au for where <laughs> Queensland is racing. Today. What sort of cat you got? Ragdoll. Oh, beautiful. What's its what name? Is... Millie. Oh, oh named boring. after a family member? Mm. <laughs> no, not that I know of. I didn't oh, yeah. name her, but... Uh, yeah, puss, puss, yeah, puss, nah, puss. She, uh, she, nah, she, if, if I talk too loud, she'll just get closer and closer and closer. She, menace. Right. Menace. Okay. Good. Cat lover, Chris <laughs> Nelson. Uh, lovely stuff, mate. Enjoy your weekend. Cat podcast come to you. You too, guys. Very soon. <laughs> imagine, imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Online, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Time for our Saturday Outlook. Before we go, optimise your canola with new Optimum GLY hybrids from Pioneer Seeds. Bunnies, dragons. Go bunnies, hey, in cans. Yeah, can't wait, actually. Can't wait to see the crowd. They they really service the community up there. So I'm going to watch the Matildas. Can't wait for that. But I'm actually really looking forward to this Cairns game. Three o'clock, yeah. Saturday afternoon. Yep. Uh, Swannies today. Lions today. Oh, mm. mate, there's so much going on. Enjoy your weekend, Satsy. Behave yourself, yep. everybody. Sports Day back Monday night with the great Scott Sattler <laughs> and Matt Rogers. Did I say it right? Mm.